Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 3, Episode 26 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our study of the Come Follow Me materials uh, covered in January the 18th to January the 24th, Doctrine and Covenants 3 to 5, My Work Shall Go Forth. And today we're going to move into the final section we're looking at this week, Doctrine and Covenants 5, I Can Gain My Own Witness of the Book of Mormon. Now, this is a particularly interesting section once again with some interesting background. So what we'll do is we'll begin with the background, but we will move into the actual section today as well, as there is quite a lot to cover. And the context behind this uh, section is pretty straightforward as well. Um, once again, you can read this in Saints or in Revelations in Context. I'm going to draw from Revelations in Context this time. It's in the same chapter which we found the context for Doctrine and Covenants 3, as both of those uh, focus on Martin Harris. Um so it says in Revelations in Context, quote, For months, Martin Harris remained at his Palmyra home, haunted by the loss of the manuscript. He was also distressed to discover that his wife and others sought to discredit Joseph Smith and make him out to be a fraud who was simply after Martin's money. Longing for reconciliation and bearing news of these disturbing efforts, he visited Joseph Smith in Harmony in March 1829, close quote. What's interesting is that we find in Saints as well that Lucy was not just trying to discredit Joseph, she was actually filing a, a legal claim against the, the prophet to say that he was deceiving people by pretending to have translated gold plates, which I, I of course, think is fascinating considering that, you know, a, a number of months earlier, she was literally tearing his house apart and digging up his, his you know, his land to try and find these plates. Um, I suppose that the fact that she couldn't see them or hadn't found them maybe fueled these thoughts that she that this that this this was indeed um, a deception on Joseph Smith's part. However, um, the fact remains is that she was trying to discredit Joseph, and Martin Harris was was really against this. And I find it fascinating. I mean, this is this is a husband and wife. We're not talking about uh, you know fellow neighbors or things like that. These are two people that uh, were in a relationship with each other, and yet one was vehemently to the point where she was going to a court trying to discredit and disprove Joseph's possession of the plates, whereas Martin was pretty much doing the opposite. In fact, he went to Joseph Smith to be able to testify in court that he knew that those plates existed. He, of course, knew that the translation was was of God. Of course, he had this experience with Charles Anton, and he'd walked away with sure in the knowledge that the Book of Mormon, the words that were being written were in fact, uh, you know, of, of God. And as he explained to the prophet, he could testify of that. But what he couldn't testify of yet was that the physical plates actually existed, for he had not seen them himself. And, you know, clearly what a reputable person and an, an honest and integral person, Martin didn't want to testify that these plates are real unless he had seen them for himself. Um, which, to be fair, I think is a fairly, you know, um, fair enough point. So Martin goes to see Joseph, and we continue in Revelations in context, saying, quote, To Martin's relief, Joseph had obtained forgiveness and was preparing to resume the translation. Martin asked Joseph once again for the privilege of seeing the plates. He desired a firm witness that Joseph have got the things which he have testified he have got, perhaps to stifle his lingering doubts and to help him persuade Lucy. Joseph received a revelation for Martin found today in Doctrine and Covenants 5. Close quote. So what we'll do uh, is we'll we'll dive into this um, section now and uh, have a look at what we learn for ourselves from this. And I think, you know, obviously there is a very specific historical context and reason why this was given. But of course, you know, there are lessons in here that we can learn. 
um, about how we can be witnesses and testify of this great work. As soon as you get into section five of the Doctrine and Covenants, you see something quite interesting taking place. In the previous uh, section four and later in section six, you'll see that the Lord is speaking to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. In this one, uh, the Lord is speaking to Joseph Smith, not to Martin Harris. Um, Stephen C. Harper says this, quote, The Lord spoke to that situation, but not to Martin. In sections four and six and dozens of others, the Lord spoke to Joseph, through Joseph, to his father or Oliver Cowdery or others. In section five, it seems like the Lord was not on speaking terms with Martin. Rather, the Lord told Joseph that Martin's desire for more evidence could be granted if Martin chose to meet the conditions of humility, faith and patience. Um, With Joseph as mediator, the Lord responded that he would show Martin after he chose to believe and be humble and not before. Martin eventually received the greater witness he sought. He became one of the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon plates and artefacts. That happened after he chose to meet the conditions the Lord set in section five, not before. Close quote. I hadn't hadn't really considered that up to when I was reading that quote. That you know, it seems that whilst Martin obviously, I think, sought a good thing to be able to receive the plate so he could testify in court and he could testify to others that they were of a definite truth. Um, of course, the Lord is still waiting for him to completely meet the conditions that He sets for him, because of course He has beforehand made the choice to. Dis- disregard the commandments and the uh, the conditions the Lord has set in previous times. Firstly, in repeatedly asking to be able to take the manuscript pages home, but then also show them to more people than was outlined to him. Um, so that that is, you know, where we're at with this. This is being given to Joseph Smith to be shared with Martin Harris rather than being spoken to Martin Harris himself. Um, so he outlines that the Lord knows that he's asked to be a witness. Um, and he goes forward into the section to explain how, how this will work. But he begins with a very interesting part of this section where he talks about how individuals who will not believe or hearken to the words of the Lord or won't listen to spiritual truths unless they have evidence um, may in most cases not believe even when they have seen evidence. He says in verse 5, Verily I say unto you that woe shall come unto the inhabitants of the earth if they will not hearken unto my words. So he's saying that obviously that, that his words need to be listened to, be fulfilled or be heard so that they, the people can react and um, work on them. Um, and this comes through this revelation. But then in verse seven, uh, it says this after he says that Joseph has been ordained to say his words. Uh, he says, behold, if they will not believe my words, they would not believe you, my servant Joseph. If it were possible that you should show them all these things which I have committed unto you. Oh, this unbelieving and stiff-necked generation, mine anger is kindled against them. Um, I think that is interesting that, you know, he, we see that the Lord here in section five of the Doctrine and Covenants before the church is even restored is pointing out to Joseph, look, even if these people who don't believe you and in our heads, we can think of people like Lucy Harris and other individuals that later, um, you know, we are named, are given names of who don't believe the prophet. Even if they were given a view of the plates, these physical things, there would be reasons and explanations as to how even then they can see those physical plates. It's not the, the Lord's work. This isn't the Book of Mormon. This isn't, you know, this is just Joseph. He's just put this together himself and this kind of thing. Um, and so whilst these physical witnesses are important, um, you know, and, and can have a difference if we have faith already, um, they are, they will not prove our faith. They they 
or they will not give our, us they will not give us faith. They will develop and, and further improve our faith. I should say, uh, what Martin was asking for, I think, is different. Though he wasn't asking so that his faith, so that he could have faith. He seems to have faith in this work already, but he needed to show that he had undeniable faith and humility before he was shown this record. And notice as well that the clear um, frustration by the Lord in verse eight, mine anger is kindled against them. Uh, President Alan H. Oakes says this, quote, we read again and again in, in the Bible and in modern scriptures of God's anger in the wicked with the wicked and of his acting in his wrath against those who violate his laws. How are anger and wrath evidence of his love? Joseph Smith taught the Lord instituted laws whereby the spirits, the spirits that he would send into the world could have a privilege to advance like himself. God's love is so perfect that he lovingly requires us to obey his commandments because he knows that only through obedience to his laws can we become perfect as he is. For this reason, God's anger and his wrath are not a contradiction of his love, but an evidence of his love. Every parent knows that you can love a child totally and completely while still being creatively angry and disappointed at that child's self-defeating behavior, close quote. And I think that... Um, you know, we see, I, as a primary school teacher, I teach my children all the time that, you know, anger and frustration and, you know, it is not a bad thing to feel. It is part of the human experience. And as we see, it's also part of the God, God-like experience. But it's what we do with that anger that then turns it into a negative thing or a constructive, creative thing. Um, and I think too often as fallen men and women, we we act on that anger in, in inappropriate ways. And that's why anger has such a negative um, feeling, I think. But the Lord um, knows how to help and support his children through with the anger that he feels as, as a perfect God-like uh, attribute. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, I thought that was interesting and it sets us up really well to look at the rest of this section before the end of the week tomorrow. Uh, please join us tomorrow. You can also um, join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can email um, lvsstudysession at gmail.com if you'd like to join with me on Zoom in a future podcast episode. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.